Uh, I just need to have a lozenge. Hi, Dan. Hey, how's everything? Hey, everything's going great. How are you? What's up? Sorry, I'm a little bit late today. We had to uh, un- unplug and replug. You know how that? You know how that is. Yeah, that's the story of my life. It really is. I'm constantly replugging and unplugging. And you reboot and mm-hmm. yeah. You know that's the human condition, though. What rebooting? Well, uh, you know, I mean, just uh, the the wobbly wheel. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> this is my mansplaining voice. How's everything going? Uh, everything? Everything is going fine. I'm trying to adjust my mix in my cans. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the guy Marcus has been talking to me about getting a better preamp for you. For you. Check, check, check. Uh, oh, huh? say something. Hey, Marilyn, what's, uh, how are you? That's good. You sound tight, but you could be tighter. <laughs> Thank you. I've been, I'm working mix, on it. Mix, mix, mix. Kegel. Right. Kegel. Yeah. Those are pretty easy to learn. You just act like you're pinching one off. You got to kind of transport yourself. Like to your happy place? Well, I'm not complaining. No. No, no, no. You want to start the show? Yeah, anytime. You want to do it? Hey, how's it going, Dan? How's it going down there in your neck of the woods? That's oh, pretty good. It's, you know, it's a little bit warm. It got cool and then got warm. It got cool and got warm. That's the human condition. <laughs> it uh, <clears throat> it was uh, it was very uh, very warm here, and like so many things in San Francisco, we do not have the infrastructure for warmth. Like you guys I don't mean, have air. Do you have air conditioning in your in your house? Mm-mm, that's very unusual to have air conditioning, but you don't you don't need it. I mean, you don't need it. You know, it's it's not like Florida where you know I've lived in places where you could barely open the windows. Ugh. Because it's mainly about, you know, maintaining and servicing the, uh, the air conditioning gods. Right. But, um, no, it's, it's nice. And, you know, if I had, if I, it, it's complaining about the weather seems like kind of a silly thing. But I guess I just wish we could have something besides, you know, gray and cold versus like 80 degrees and blazing sun. We don't get a lot in between. And that's the nature of our city. That's one of the things that makes it literally unique. People now, for you, think you're, that- no, I Go was going to say people think that, you know, like San Francisco, they always imagine California, beautiful weather, but you do mm. get like this rolling fog that comes in and it's like 5 p.m. It gets super, super like damp and cold and it's not idyllic. Um, it's, I don't know how much this will interest our listeners, uh, but it's really unusual because of the nature of the Golden Gate. I feel like we've talked about this six times, but the, the nature of the Golden Gate is there's this hole in California called San Francisco, called the Bay Area. And, uh, and so, and there's this really hot area in the inland. I'm, oh, you see with my hands over here, I'm kind of motioning over to the east. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, it has to be very hot there. And so that's, and so the thing is, the, the air gets drawn in and out. We've got like an automatic air cleaner. The, the ground is filthy, but the air is very, very pleasant. And so what happens is it's, it's kind of swoops in and out. And so, you know, it's weird. Like you'll start out at the, you might wake up in the morning and go, oh, what a lovely day it's going to be today. It's nice and cool. It's like, it's 58 and clear. And then the fog, the morning fog comes in. It might disappear by about two in the afternoon and then kind of go, eh, I like it. I'm going to come back. I live on the other side of Twin Peaks, which is where it stays foggy a lot of the time. People are very excited about the, the Twin Peaks thing coming back. Yeah, yeah. It's two large mountains. Uh, they used to call them the Maiden's Breasts. <laughs> right. That you can look right down on the Castro from it. Not in a bad way. Um, oh. <laughs> Did you, uh, are you excited about the lunar eclipse uh, that's happening 
I guess very um, early tomorrow morning. Now that I know about it, uh, that's uh, that's cool. No, we it's hard to see anything here. Oh right, but but that sounds that sounds really exciting. Whenever everybody gets the stuff, they get the northern lights, they get the eclipses, they get you know uh, normal weather. But so what's going to happen now? The lunar one. That's when the moon blots out the sun. That would be a solar eclipse. The lunar eclipse is mm. when something the blue, the moon gets shadows across it and moves. And this one is going to be blood red. But I think when the moon is in front of the sun, the sun is being eclipsed by the moon. I'm not really an astronomer. What about that iOS uh, icon where you can see stars inside the crescent moon? That's pretty. You seen that? Yeah. And that health app feels rushed. Yeah, it's not really an app, actually. It's just a database. It seems like like it's like uh, Fox Pro, Microsoft Fox Pro. <laughs> that that was hard to learn. I wrote an application in Fox Pro, and it totally changed my perspective on the mistake I had made uh, getting that job. Yeah, I, I worked in an office where there was one guy. <laughs> was it me? Knew, he was... Uh, <laughs> You're going to Shyamalan me? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh, the one guy who was actually one of the doctors, one of the PhDs who worked there, and he was the only guy who was allowed to open the Fox Pro database because he, he was the only person who knew the incantations for dealing with it. Um, but uh, what were we talking about? The moon? Microsoft Access. Yeah. MS Access. I learned enough access to make a thing with Dreamweaver because there was Dreamweaver... What was it called? Like Dreamweaver Extended or something like that? There's one version of Dreamweaver where you could, um, in a really janky way by today's standards, mm. you could have a, a Microsoft Access database and, you know, have rows of stuff show up on your page. Yeah, you and, could and, use Microsoft Access as a back-end database the way you would, uh, like, a regular database system. It was really strange because you could build, like, my friend made a living building Microsoft Access applications which is like you would build the database in, in Access, which is a lot of dragging and drawing of lines. And then he would build like a user interface over it. And that he could bundle it as an application. And he like made his living like building ridiculous point of sale systems that were terrible. It just, that's what <laughs> he did for a living. Yeah. Talk about lock-in. Oh my gosh. Those are different days. Yeah, I, I, had, a, um, I had a book to learn Access. I didn't find it intuitive. What were we talking about? We're talking about something. Um, Weather, eclipse. The weather, eclipses. Dang, I almost had something there. Um, You sound good this week, whatever you're doing. I think I'm a little raspy. Like a Demi Moore. Yeah, like a a Dusky, like like an Emma Watson, as you say. (laughs) Yeah, I like her. I know. She grows on you, you know? I like her. She's she's got chutzpah. She's one like like her like Jennifer Lawrence. I I like that kind of young actress. I I like the the out there having fun kind of young actress. Yeah, take any role yeah. she wants, do something crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely did not have enough coffee today. I moved back to espresso, and I haven't looked back. It's been great. Oh, really? What are you? How are you making it? Well, I'm mostly making it. I make it at home in an AeroPress, uh, and I'm just using a you know Pete's. Yeah, the funny thing is, when you go to Pete's, you can, I think you can buy espresso coffee at Pete's, but the, what they used to make espresso is called Major Dickinson's Blend. And uh, that's what I use. I, I drop some Major Dickinson's. Oh, I like that. I've tried that. I enjoy But when you say, wait a minute, when you say espresso, espresso, you're not talking about making it in an espresso machine. You're saying you're using the espresso in an AeroPress? And so it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it works. it works pretty great. I think it's actually... You know, one of the things it's best at is making really strong coffee 
in the AeroPress, and then you know you can make an Americano out of that, basically. <sighs> now I really want coffee because I only had one mug this Should we take morning. a break? I could yeah. really use one. You want to use really, a break? I don't know. I just want to save my lifeline. <laughs> um, what has happened to this, to the show? And, and Dan, it's me. It's me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always struggling with sleep. Sometimes I sleep too hard. I probably slept too hard and I didn't have enough coffee. When you say sleep hard, are you talking about like the kind of thing where you lay down and you're so exhausted when you lay down that you lay down and then you close your eyes and you open them and it's seven hours have gone by. Yeah. I literally become rigid. It's, I sleep that hard. Torpor. I, yes, yes. I become, I become (laughs) uh, hard to the touch (laughs) in the tactile sense of sleeping. Yeah. No, the Fitbit tells the story. Oh yeah. I was going to complain more about that app. Um, health. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say that, um, I have really enjoyed experimenting with the various uh, like M7 things that my 5S can do. I've, I've thought it's, I've really liked it. I, I primarily use the Fitbit because it's easier to just have that on my hand than, you know, hold my iPhone like a doofus all day. But the Fitbit is great for tracking sleep and for tracking steps. Not 100% accurately, but at least consistently. But I was so, I don't want to just sit here and bag on Apple because I think they're having a pretty hard month. Um, but, you know, the, the app first was all screwy. Which, you know, I guess it happens. But then it came out and you open it up and it's like, oh, like you say, Fox Pro. And, you know, <laughs> the, it looks like, I think Nevin Morgan was talking about this. I mean, it really, it really looks like the icons were done by, by several different people that didn't know other people were working on it. And then, you know, my, my, I think my favorite piece of UI is in, when you drill down into each subsection, here is your health app. Would you like to enter a heartbeat? Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> right. that's the health app. I go to the heartbeat area. Uh-huh. And then it has my, my favorite UI in an Apple thing I've seen in a while, add data point. Yeah, data point. That's what made me think of the whole Fox Pro thing. Is it, add data point? Is that, that's, that's your final draft? Is, is add data point? <laughs> like, is, is grandma jogging pants going to understand what that means? Yeah. And, but then, so the beauty part is, then it comes out. It's out. Okay, all right. Everybody's uh, phone can make calls again. We're all very excited. We've got the health app. And they go, and now the first app that you can use with the HealthKit API. The first app is on the market. And it's an app that's basically a different dashboard for the HealthKit information. Did you see this? No, I did not. That was the first one that came out. So, so far, the only apps I've got that work with it are an app that's also a dashboard <laughs> for, for health. It uses the API to like, you know, pull in the data so you can see what's already in the health app that's not there. And then the other one is I've got one of those heartbeat apps where you can manually take your heartbeat and put it in there. But <laughs> this is super useful stuff. I can see why you're so excited. It's literally changing the way I think about health. It's making me realize how boring it is to try and be healthy. Oh my gosh. Add data point. And, and uh, the Fitbit has not been updated for that, which is, seems kind of weird. It seems, like, it seems like you would be clamoring to get in on that API. Early on, I guess. So here's here's my one you know mean guy thing I'm going to say, and I said this on the Twitter uh, yesterday. But for such such a, uh, a an important app and like such a touted app, and for an app that's going to have so importance in making somebody go to me, like one of the things that would make me go, yeah, I need one of those dumb uh, watches that I don't really need. The thing that would make me more inclined is to go, oh my gosh, look at this amazing ecosystem of health apps that I could use with that. Because the beauty of of those apps, if you're not using them, they don't seem all that interesting. The nice part about it is you don't have to do anything. You don't have to click on add data point. I mean, for example, with my Fitbit, 
I tap it three times when I'm going to sleep and the little owl eyes flash. And then when I wake up in the morning, I tap it three times and it knows I'm done sleeping. And then it Bluetooths that over to the, uh, to the, to the Death Star and all that information gets gobbled up. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the point when you've got to go in and manually enter your runs, that's already a, such a step backward over stuff like Strava Run or stuff like uh, you know, any of those wonderful apps we've had since the M7 came out. It just seems, it seems, doesn't it seem weird that for such a potentially important app, there wouldn't be like five marquee apps on day one yeah. where you go, oh my gosh, this is changing the way I think about what my Apple devices can do for me with regard to health. And instead, it seemed like it was a whole lot of like manual entry stuff. I mean, am I am I being cynical? It just that no, it you're just not seems at weird. all. Because it, there there has been such an emphasis on this and all the health kit stuff that was leaked. I guess I don't know how many months ago, and Apple talking about this and the import. You know, unless they're sort of an, and this is where we get into all the rumor speculation stuff. Unless this is really just a framework that they're providing for the Apple Watch specifically and that when the Apple Watch drops, that's when we're going to see all the real stuff. But they just kind of had to say, yeah, we have it and it's here and here's this kind of weird, you know, Fox Pro example of how you could put stuff in it. But, like, you know, I agree with you, though. It, that, but it feels, like a, it feels like a developer release. Oh, it totally does. And maybe that's maybe that's what it is, that human mere mortals are not supposed to use this, but developers are supposed to start building against this but i don't know i agree with you that they on why didn't they go to you know unless they're seeing fitbit as a competitor to the apple watch and maybe they are to some degree why not go to fitbit early and say hey folks we've got this great thing and you've got this app and let's let's play nice here i don't know i it's it's puzzling to me because health is such a focus on everything look at all the apps that have come out over the last year or two uh that that are designed to make people's uh, awareness of their own health and what they're doing and how they're eating. It, it, this seems like uh, a developer release, like you said. I mean, it really is an afterthought. Did you ever have you used anything like Strava Run? Are you familiar with that app? I'm familiar with it, but I don't. I haven't been using it. Well, I'm, it's you know, it's one of those. Um, I think it's kind of one of those G Wiz apps in the sense that. Um, and it's funny. We we're talking about this on Roderick yesterday, talking about like technology and like how you know technology used to be things like you know making automobiles and cotton gins, mm-hmm. and now today it's like the next iteration of a social network. And I've been trying to think about like um, we didn't talk about this specifically, but I've been thinking about like what are what are the consumer uh, electronics, consumer tech in the last twenty five years that really justifiably to me felt like magic. How many things have we had that were on the order? of the first time you can talk to someone on a telephone or the first time that you can hear a radio or the first time that, you know, you can take a, a safe automobile uh, ride or something like that right. where you can go, oh, I can really see that this, I, I can really see that this is going to change a lot of stuff. You know, I flip a switch and my electric lights turn on. And I, I was trying to think of the ones, and the, the, uh, there, I'm sure there's more than this, but the two that really jumped to mind were... Um, the protocol of email writ large, mm-hmm. just the whole idea of email. The mm-hmm. first time I sent and received email in probably 1993, like internet email, that was that was an instant like paradigm shift for me. Like where I, I mean, it took me a while to really process that. I was so I was beside myself with how cool that seemed that I could write to somebody in Europe and they could write back to me, and I didn't have to wait. It, it seemed it seemed absolutely impossible. It's I imagine what it's you know what it must have felt like a little bit the first time you talked on a phone 
it seems like a wizard did mm-hmm. it for sure. And the other technology, which we which we've already talked about at length a couple episodes ago, for me would be the TiVo. Just because the TiVo disrupted so many things mm-hmm. about a medium, I really thought I understood completely. Would you? Those were really different. Would you put GPS in this category? Because that sure for, for for me seems impossible and and like magic. Yeah, the only reason the only reason I wouldn't put G- GPS up in my my immediate top five is that it was such a for a variety of reasons such a slow burn, such a slow adoption. Mm-hmm. I had a pal. Um, back in college uh, and back in Tallahassee, who lived in Tallahassee, who, who was doing early stuff on GPS. He was very into maps and very into GPS. And he was always, he would walk around this with this thing that was like, you know, you know, you know what the original, what those old GPSs look like. Yes. They were really big. And, I, and if memory serves, I think, wasn't there a deliberate inaccuracy put into consumer GPS where for security or defense reasons, you couldn't get more than thus and so precise I think there was at least a certain amount of deliberate obfuscation put in hmm. where, you know, if you were going to do geocaching or something, you could, you could satisfy us with it. But that, that took a pretty long time until that got into your phone. Um, but no, you're right. That, that, that does still amaze me. But I think today with having so much consumer technology that does so many different things, it kind of, it takes a lot for something to really feel like a big deal. It can feel like a big deal to have something like Twitter, but it takes having all of your friends on Twitter yeah. for that to be an exciting thing or what have you. But again, those aren't the, what, the technology behind that becomes interesting because it has to scale up or it has to develop a card uh, you know, interface, which is you know, kind of fascinating. Hearing um, um, uh, Mr. Vitici talking about the card interface on Twitter, I hadn't really thought about how much is involved in that. It's actually pretty interesting now. But I, I, I think an app like Strava app has that sizzle where if you show somebody this app who hasn't been real familiar with what you can do with this stuff, you get a lot out of it. Cause you know, and this is certainly, it's not unique, but this app basically say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to take a run. I'm going to do whatever. So you open it up and you say, okay, start. And it uses a variety of different data, data points to track where you go. So, so, you know, let's just say you just, you hand this to a uh, grandma jogging pants and you say, here, turn on this app and start doing your walk and you do a walk and you can go and look at the map and you go, oh, gee whiz, look at that. Look at that little jaggy line. That's me and where I've walked. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And, uh, and it'll, you know, do all the stuff you would hope, like it'll do your laps, do your time, do your, you know, splits or whatever. But then when you're done and you look at it, it's, you also realize it was tracking your elevation. So it'll show you if you flip over, you know, kind of swipe over one pane, it'll show you like, oh, here's your elevation expressed as a, as a graph. So you can see how high up and down you went. And so to me, that's neat because first of all, that does have that sizzle and gee whiz of going like, oh, that's, I, you know, that's really neat. That, that would be creepy if everybody in the world always knew where I was, but that's not the case. This is for me. And that's, that's really neat. But once you spend some time with an app like that, you start to get what can be so great about this health stuff. Which again, I just want to underscore, it's, it's, you know, in the abstract, when you're watching a, a presentation from Cupertino about how great these watches are going to be, you know, you get the stars in your eyes and the, you know, reality distortion field. But when it comes down to it, it's, I think it's great for people like me who are not actually into fitness. I don't want to have to think about all that stuff. The gee whiz comes when you go, oh, not only did it track all this stuff and show me a neat map that can, you know, express interesting patterns. I can kind of set, like when I'm picking my daughter up from camp, I go, okay, I want this to take less than 12 minutes. So I get to have a little video game with myself for how 
what, how good a pace I can do. But the part where that goes from being just something that's gee whiz to really useful is realizing it's been capturing all this, all kinds of information for a long time that I don't have to sweat getting tracked. But then I think more importantly, over a year or two years, I don't have to sweat that being aggregated and combined and presented to me in useful ways. Right. So imagine a, a world in the future where you combine all these technologies to get an actually useful notification like, hey, how's it going, user? Like, you know, you, you said you wanted to walk uh, at least 10 miles a week. It's been a couple of weeks since you've walked, you know, a while and you're right near one of your favorite walking spots and the weather's really good, and you have an errand to do, that would be a perfect amount of time for you to walk there. That is not difficult Fox Pro work to do for, for a little you know, pocket computer, mm-hmm. but we don't have it. What we've got now is, is a little thing where you go in and add, say, add data point. It's just a really, uh, I don't know, lackluster. You can tell I, I'm disappointed because I was so excited about what it would do. So it feels like kind of a lackluster premiere, and it feels suspicious that there aren't more apps that use it. That seems like a bad sign. Well, it's still so early, but you know what just listening to you talk about things like, you know, like email as one of these things that completely changed the way we think of everything. It's always funny because, you know, it, when whenever I would think about technology or the the topics that we talk about and oh my gosh, this thing is going to be so amazing, it's going to be cool, you always think would it be cool for your mom? Would it be cool for so now I have a new vector a data point, if you will, that I use is, would it be cool to my kid? So we were talking about, it's funny that you mentioned it today because we were talking about email yesterday because they, they use computers now in his, uh, in his school. So they go into the computer lab and they use a computer. This is not every day, it's a few days a week. So he is actually, I think we talked about this on, a, on last week's show. He had come to me and said, dad, I want you to like teach me about the computer. I want to learn mm-hmm. about it. So you know, at school, they use uh, Firefox as their browser, and there's a f- two or three websites that they go to. And, you know, there's all these parental controls that you can set uh, on an account for like your for your kid to use. And they include things like only let them browse to certain websites. So I, you know, he says, oh, I want to use there's this one Tumble Books or something. I don't, I don't know what it's called. He's like, I want to use Tumble Books uh, at home. So I said, okay, I'll email her and I'll say, teacher, what are these sites that he's allowed to use? And she wrote back and this whole time he's like, well, why, why hasn't she replied yet? Why hasn't she replied yet? And I said, well, I sent her an email and he's like, well, on your phone? I said, yeah, I just emailed her just now from my phone. He, He was thinking it was text. And somehow the idea of instantaneous communication over instant message over messages over the phone, which he's actually used. He's typed mom some, you know, texts before. Um, He gets the instantaneous communication, but he was puzzled by the fact that email wasn't instantaneous too. Right, right. You know, that sending sending an email, uh, I have to compose it and send it, and then it goes to the teacher. And well, when did, how does she know she has an email? I said, well, she'll look on her computer later and she'll see that there are emails waiting for her. And so I had to explain the concept of email that's like a letter, but instead of going in an envelope in a post office and this stuff, that it just goes and it waits for her on her computer. He thought this was ridiculous. That makes that makes total sense. Because text if your is instantaneous. You know, he saw yeah, text yeah. first. 
His first yeah. experience was taxed. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. No, 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 but it, but it, it totally makes sense. And it just, again, goes to show you how much, you know, whatever you're accustomed to, whatever you're used to becomes the, the normal. But just to, to close the little thread on that, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's anathema right now amongst our friends to say bad stuff about Apple because, you know, Apple never does anything wrong and they're overtaxed with all these different things they have to do. And, but, that's ah, really frustrating right now. Um, and in the case of something like that, it's just weird because so much energy and stuff goes into something like the, you know, the, the big event with the iPhone 6s mm-hmm. and the watch and the Apple Pay and all of that. But the, the funny sandwich here is that like that was directly preceded by, you know, yet another, uh, Dust up involving iCloud and what appeared to be iCloud security, and and you know I it's it's what what happened is not super different from what happened to Matt Honan, you know whatever a year ago in how those people's photos got out. Oh right, it, they do. If you go to the login page at Apple, the Apple ID login uh, thing where you can change stuff about your Apple ID, it's it's not a super easy interface. It, it's difficult to find the place to do stuff like change your security questions. It's not easy. And then when it is done, like there's still no guarantee. So they came on the heels of that. They had to have this this big thing. And then right after that, they had this succession of things happen that were, you know, as an Apple fan and sometimes Apple watcher, it was just uh, it was it was frustrating. So I guess I just feel like you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm saying. No, I, 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 I no, I hear exactly what you're saying. But you mentioned this has been a bad sort of time for Apple, and it. It has been. The adoption rate of iOS 8 is lower. Maybe it's because the the download was so big, you know, and people didn't have enough space for it. Maybe it's because the first update, uh, 801, was borked and knocked you off your carrier. You know, there's, there's, this is not the launch. It's not, um, they're still selling millions and millions of phones, right? But this is not the launch that they want, Bengate, all this ridiculous stuff. It's got to be frustrating, if you're on the Apple side of, of the house that you're releasing things that are arguably pretty great, but then there are these little hiccups and the hiccups are what people remember. I, to quote, you know, I know you're a huge Madonna fan as am I, uh, to quote Madonna, she said, you know, it's not the compliments that you remember. It's, it's the, the criticisms. It's that one fan who says, Oh, I hate your new album. She's going to remember that (laughs) as opposed to the, Tons and tons of people who've bought the album and said nothing. Uh, the people who buy the phone and you know what? They don't complain because it, it just works or it does the things that they want. They're not bending in their pockets and they didn't have a problem downloading 801 because they were at work and they downloaded 802. You know, those people are quiet and they're happy and they bought their phones. But then there's a lot of people who did run into problems or who are very, very loud and it's they're the squeaky wheels and it's got to be frustrating because the news that you hear is about all the bad stuff that happens. I mean, I had, you know, I people's people's moms emailing me, uh, should I get one of these phones? I heard they bend. Like that's what the regular human being has heard but about they, the but new they phones. Do bend. Well, they do bend. <laughs> yes, they do bend. That's what's. I mean, what what what's in dispute? <laughs> so so what do you do? You cherry pick the video of the one guy who's deliberately trying to bend his phone. So mm-hmm. does that. That dismisses the obvious concern people have about, you know, there's, here's, here's one problem with partisanship that I, I have become aware of in myself. And consequently, I'm now, I think, very aware of in others. If somebody pays you a compliment, this kind of goes back to all the great shows, but if somebody pays you a compliment and says, you know, Dan, you are, you're the best 
podcaster working today and arguably, I think, one of the greatest podcasters who's ever podcasted. I mean, m- you and me, I, if somebody said that to me or somebody said that to you, you know, you'd probably say thank you. And that's really great. And you wouldn't turn it over in your head too much except to go like, wow, somebody really thought this was good. I must be good at what I do. But like, you know, and then on the other end of the spectrum, somebody could say to you like, uh, you're the worst. You, uh, I, you know, you, people like you are what's wrong with podcasting. So in the first instance, if somebody says to you, you're really great at something, you're not going to act, you're not going to actually ask for that much more backup and detail on how they calculated that you're the best at what you do. <laughs> yeah. You're going to accept the compliment unless you're Dan Harmon, but you know, you're, you're probably, you're probably just going to say, thank you very much. Yeah. But if somebody says to you something as amorphous as you're the worst, you're going to want more information. Yeah. And you're going to start asking a lot of questions about what data they were using. And hey, didn't you see this other thing I did? And oh, that was actually a misunderstanding. And suddenly you're explaining, explaining, explaining. And it seems to me that like, you know, and God bless my friends in the Apple fan community, but it seems like they are always more than welcome to accept all of the hard data and soft evidence that Apple is the best at what they do. But then when it comes to people pointing out stuff that suggests anything but that, especially if it really suggests that they're not the best at what they do or they're, they're struggling, that's when they want to they put on their bifocals and go into the data about how, how someone arrived at that. And I, I feel like it's a little inconsistent to be you know, so dismissive of so many people's... I, I don't think people complain about this stuff because it's that fun. It, I'm not having a great time. I have not been having a great time with a variety of things about Apple for the last few years. It's not fun for me to be unhappy with that. But I also feel really, uh, not censored, but I feel very muted about what I should even say about that because people get so mad. Yeah. And they want to know what you did wrong. Why did your house get broken into? You know, Why does your wife have 14 copies of every contact? Why is it <laughs> that you have to keep re-signing into iCloud over and over and over? Why, why this? Why this? Why this? Well, it must be something you're doing wrong because yeah. I've never had that problem. I've, I've never had a single problem with iCloud. Well, you it know, works, if you've never had on if my PC. That's if the you've old never thing. had a problem, here, here's, my, here's my thought on that is because this is what makes me a real weirdo is that like I'm really bummed with a lot of things from time to time about Apple because you know why? Because that's what I use. Right, so you don't have to sell me on whether I should go out and like get into the Apple ecosystem. I'm so mega screwed because I'm in the Apple ecosystem and I have no intention of going anywhere else. I don't have any other options. So when something relatively catastrophic happens, like you hear people now and oh, like maybe this is wrong, but people whose like iCloud uh, Drive got deleted when they reset the settings on their phone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm no Fox Pro expert, but that <laughs> seems like a pretty bananas problem. Yeah, no, that, or, that or involves. Like- Two or three different ecosystems having something broken about them. Right. Or there, there was an iPhoto for, I, for uh, iOS that people were using. They were making galleries in them. They were organizing years of photos or however long iPhoto has been out, two years uh, for iPhone. You know, they're organizing them. They're putting, setting up events. They're doing little galleries. They're doing all this custom stuff to keep their stuff organized on their phone. And then the new version of iOS comes out and it sort of removes iPhoto and creates, you know, puts everything into just photos and you lose all of that stuff. Now your photos are not gone, but all that organization, imagine if someone came in and, you know, went through your old uh, VHS tape thing and organized it the way they wanted or took all of them out and put them into one big bin and said, there you go, find what you want. You would be struggling to find the VHS tape that you really wanted. And that's, this happened to tons and tons of people, even people who know a lot about technology, this happened because it wasn't a clear warning. They they didn't make it obvious that this kind of thing was going to happen. This whole thing of 
you know, upgrading to the new iDrive, iCloud, it that's not smooth at all. Oh my god! And that piece of that 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 piece of UI from making that decision is so bad because a (laughs) why wouldn't you agree, Merlin? Well, here's the, there's two parts to it, though, and everybody who's been through this at least once and sweated through this knows what I'm talking about. On the one hand, like I, I, they do not, I don't think, make it abundantly clear how much is going to change if you agree to go to the iCloud drive. And from, from what I've read, the people that I've read talking about this say, do, do not do that. You can always right. do it later. But do not do that now unless you absolutely have to have... Um, a certain kind of syncing on all of the most updated devices vis-a-vis if you had flipped over to iCloud Drive and you weren't on Yosemite yes, yet, you know, sayonara. Your stuff's not going to be on your, um, on your pre-Yosemite OS <laughs> right. ten. Was that, was course, that really clear from oh, that? Of course, we're all on Yosemite now before it's released, right? Oh, abso- so, yeah. absolutely. But that was not obvious. But then the classic. The classic, you know, was that dialogue box. And I don't remember it from memory. But the dialogue box, which seemed pretty innocuous, was... You know, do you want to do you want to switch over to iCloud Drive? And I and I said something like, you know, not now or continue. And it said, are you sure you don't want to do this? Cancel or continue? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you remember? I mean, <laughs> yes. I don't I remember exactly, but I, no, I've that, been, that's I've, right. That's totally. I've been what through it that said. dialogue box three times, and each time I look at it and I feel rivulets of sweat running down the back of my neck because I <laughs> I don't know which one is the right answer. <laughs> Cancel, retry, yeah. you know? And so anyway, I just, it's, it's, it's just, it's frustrating to me in, in any kind of community like that when, when it gets so, you can be, get so calcified in your beliefs. And when you get so dug in on what you think the condition of the world is, that you have, you have a lot of ego and a lot of history in it. And it really matters for your track record to always be um, right somehow about the thing that you really are, you know, a an advocate for. I don't know. This is this is really boring, but you know, I think that makes your world small when you're not open to that. I mean, it certainly makes your world small when you can't use your phone the way you'd like. I mean, oh, I don't know. I just, I, I, you know what it is? It's, you know, I, I, I don't have a big Apple advocacy point. I don't have a blog about that. I don't have a podcast about that. Um, but what I do have a lot of skin in the game. I, I am the ultimate existential investor in Apple because it's what I have used with the exception of a little bit of cold fusion programming on an old PC. Right. It's like what I've used since 1987 and I have no intention of changing. So I'm their worst nightmare because I have to demand that that stuff work well. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, the downside of it just works is the times when it doesn't just work and there's no recourse for knowing why it didn't work. Why, do, why does Find My Friends periodically just log me out? Or why does it not work until I quit it and it comes back up? Why is it on my iPad mini, uh, Safari um, affordances are unresponsive unless I do something to scroll the page to like reactivate the sheet somehow? Why does that happen? I don't know. I don't even know who to ask about that because I sound insane having that problem. Why is it that the, ta- the typing on everything on iOS 8 is lagging so bad on this relatively recent device? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, it, I, I think the, 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 the guy in the bleacher standpoint on, on this is pretty right on, which is that they have got, Apple is big, but they're not as big as they seem. With, with almost every company whose technology, consumer technology you use, it would be really surprising to learn how many people actually work on any given piece of software or hardware you use. 
The iPhone writ large is kind of an exception because obviously that took a whole bunch of different people. But I remember learning that the team that was working on Microsoft Office in um, Menlo Park was something like five people. Man. Like did all of Office. And so, you know, they have to sit there and take all the hits for that. They don't get to direct how that stuff is going to be made. They have to follow, you know, a a higher up and how that stuff is done. This is really boring. No, no, it's not boring. I don't think it's boring at all. I don't have a solution. I'm just, I just sound like I'm pissing and moaning and I don't, don't, no, because this is, when you talk about the size of teams and things, we just make this assumption that, well, Apple is this multi-billion dollar company. They're selling millions and millions of iPhones. And then there's the teardown that says it costs Apple 53 cents to make an iPad Air, you know, all of the, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying? That then Mm -hmm. we get an idea of all this. And then, like, I remember when the podcast, the Apple podcast app came out, I actually had, I was fortunate enough to to talk to the people at Apple who make it. It's one guy who's a developer and a, a, another guy <laughs> like, who lent some design help to it. Like, that's the, they got, they got, they got the uh, Fox Pro guy yeah, and the design guy. They got him. But that's the funny thing. Like you just imagine in your mind, well, of course there's 50 people and they're, you know, involved in building this. And that, no, it's like, it's like a guy. And that's the thing that that I think we forget is that like Soylent Green Apple is is people too, you know. Mm-hmm. They're they're people who are doing their best to try and make something. And you know, for so many years you could tell that having too many people was the reason why Microsoft especially Windows uh sucked. Uh, so bad because there were so many people involved and they were all working with different objectives. They were all working at different time frames with different goals and different meeting groups. You know, it was the, the picture of confusion. And it wasn't, there was no, there's never felt like there was much intentionality to the way that things interacted with each other. It really felt like somebody, somebody had the male plug over here and the female plug over there and it didn't, they didn't really care how good it looked when it was snap together, even though that was the core competency of a lot of Microsoft software were those little underground tunnels that made it all work together. And, and if, if I remember correctly, that was the source of a lot of the security problems yeah. too, right? Yeah. It was, was that, terrible. That stuff and you know, the original Mac team, the people who built the original Mac, which I think we could all say, yes, they borrowed some interface ideas from Xerox. They took this. Yes, fine. But these are the people who said, we're going to build this platform that's going to change everything. And it did. That was like, I mean, I'm, I think it was a little more, but it was like 100 people, you know, right. total. Maybe it was less than oh, that. Yeah. You know, and you think about what what they were able to do with incredibly limited resources, with a ridiculously small budget, with a crazy time frame to come out with a device that was a, a computer like nothing anyone had ever seen designed for regular people to use. You know, that's the kind of going back to your original uh, your original point when you're saying what things have really changed it. You know, the iPhone coming out, changing the landscape of the phones that are that and, and devices that we use and what our expectations for those are was more a matter of innovative integration than it was a technology that swept across and changed everything. It didn't take long for people to say, wow. TV, that's kind of amazing. And, you know, but TV feels even more like an extension of the big, big jump of radio, which you identified hearing someone's voice, hearing a radio, telephone, those kinds of things. Um, you know, people 
I so often say that, wow, you know, the things that I do with my phone are, are amazing. And I use my phone way more than any other one thing, probably more even than a computer. If you think about the fact that mm-hmm. it's always in your pocket and you look at it for weather and now we're doing data points for health and phone calls and texting and browsing and everything. Like if you were saying, well, I'm going to take away one device for a week, it's not going to be my phone. You know, you can take mm-hmm. my computer for a week, leave me with the phone. Uh, that says a lot though. But we're also, I mean, I, I, the, I don't know a huge amount of people that work at Apple right now, but I've, I've never been less than blown away by the people I've met who work at Apple, um, especially in things like app and, and hardware stuff, because they are incredibly dedicated. And they, I think in a lot of cases, I don't know if Apple cares about your radar that you filed, but I think they do. They are very concerned about that, and they really want it to work. You meet anybody who makes great software, and they're extremely concerned with how it works. And something that's been like a longstanding bug is something that's going to like keep them up at night. And you know, I, I'm not apologizing for what I'm saying, but I will say that I think for people who love Apple, we do hold them to a higher standard. Yeah. And it's a higher standard that a lot of people are very happy to bandy about all the time and write off all these dumb companies that do all this dumb stuff. But we expect consumer software for our thermostat that arrives on a CD to be really crappy. You, you expect that kind of stuff to not work the way you'd expect. But the, the, the promise of Apple is, is really hard to live up to because they have, they have really created, they've done such a great job of getting us excited about the idea that they can take care of a whole bunch of stuff that we all know is incredibly complicated. Even in the best of conditions, so much of this stuff is really, really, really complicated. And the solution that they come up with is so often brilliant and and innovative, to use that word, at helping us not have to see the many, many men and women behind the curtain. And it really does just work. But when it doesn't just work, there's nothing to do. What am I going to do? I'm going to go look at log files deep, deep, deep in the in the bowels of my iPhone to figure out what's been crashing in the background to figure out why things become unresponsive. I mean, I might be the only person who gets a given problem. I kind of doubt it. I think there's a lot of people who have stuff going on with their Apple stuff that they can't explain, have never been able to explain. And all you can do is close your eyes and think of England and just hope that it's going to get better <laughs> in the future. Lest we yeah. forget iOS 7, which for so long, just unconscionably, was out there crashing all the time. Is it my fault? Was I using my phone wrong? I kind of doubt it. It's just that that's the standard we hold them to. So if I were in any camp of these idiots who love Apple, like me, it's the one that says, guys, just do, let's do a few fewer things and do a few fewer things better. You know, let's, let's really work on the sync stuff. Let's really, let's make that like a, a big thing we work on. Yeah. Let's throw some extra bodies at that. Well, and I mean, you know, I, I, I get, I get the watch thing, but man, I could see that becoming a distraction. <laughs> Partly because I don't get it. I, I, I really, really, really don't get it. I don't get any of it. It's all been explained to me by so many intelligent people and I still don't understand the appeal or the future of it. And I, and I probably will because I eventually will because I'm a dope and who loves Apple stuff. But my God, I, if, that, if that is taking resources away from like how long it takes iPhoto to open, if, if, if there are two positions that go from making iPhoto open faster to like making a watch that will cost $20,000, like that bums my head a little bit as somebody who needs that to launch faster. Yeah, and I just, I feel like, again, now that we're, you know, I don't want to lump the negative stuff on, on, onto Apple because I'm with you. Like, this is the ecosystem that I prefer to live in compared to any of the others out there. And I will say that overall, like, yeah, it's the best ecosystem. This is, this is the, you know, the Apple makes the devices that I like to use the most. They make the computers I like to use the most. 
uh, all of this stuff. And, and generally speaking, it just, it, it does just work. But then when it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't. But here's something that I found that that's kind of interesting. And that is, I, this is the first iPhone that has come out, especially with a new form factor that I haven't been especially excited about or want to get. And uh, the Yosemite, man, I was that idiot who the minute that the first developer preview would come out, that I would install it on usually my primary machine. Like I was that guy. This is the that used to that used to be a I don't know why I can't tell you why but that used to be a less crazy venture I think <laughs> maybe so but this is the first but you're release. you're a bleeding edge you're a bleeding edge guy when it comes to the OS not anymore and this is mm. the first uh, version that I haven't been really excited to just try out we you know we put it on an older machine here to look at it I haven't spent much time with it it's not really compelling and i don't feel like it's oh, i'm old now and i don't want anything to change no i really want a lot of things to change uh but i'm just not super excited about some of these things that are coming i will say ios 8 is a lot better than 7 but phone wise you know i replaced my wife's toilet phone with with uh, an iphone 6 uh, and she's using it it's nice but it's not something when I see it, I'm like, man, I, yeah, I really want to upgrade the way that I felt when I went, when I saw the five after the four or the four after the three, you know? Oh yeah. Um, it's just, I'm not, I, I'm not resistant to it and I will probably get one when the S comes along, but this is, and I'm noticing that it's like, what I have is, is pretty good. And I, I kind of like it maybe a little better than, than the new thing that came out. Yeah, that's that's where I am with this 5S because I would really the biggest part for me is I would like my wife who has a 4S to have a, a better phone than the one she's got. So that would be a nice way to like you know give her my very good condition 5S. And but the thing is, it's uh, uh, the selfish part if you like is that I, uh, there's not that much on the six that's like in terms of the trade offs that makes it that much more appealing. I mean, look, I'm, for some people, especially if you waited a cycle, like if you've got a 4S, man, it's a great time to buy a six. But, you know, the 6 Plus is farcical to me. There's no way I would ever have that as my phone. But the, but the 6, I can see why it's coming. Now, let me ask you this. Quick quick question, and then I want to hear about something you like. Go ahead, Colin. Is, uh, thank you, uh, first-time phoner. Is, the, um, <laughs> is it as... People say it's slippery. I feel like I've heard a number of people say that it, it feels... Like, with my 5S, I'm good and damn sure it's in my hand, and I'm, I, I don't drop it, knock on wood. But is it? Does it feel? Does the six feel? Is the, does the curviness make it feel less secure in your hand? Uh, it's definitely slipperier than the like I had an. <laughs> it's definitely slipperier than the five or the four. Um, it's not quite as slippery as that HTC M8 one thing that I that I had, but it's way more slippery. And my wife right away she's like, uh, "I need a case for this right now." <laughs> I'm not like, right? Yeah. So we got the the silicone case from. Uh, uh, from Apple because that was what was in the Apple store. And so like the spec cases and the other ones that you can order, but she was like, she's like, I, I don't want to use this until I have one. It's too slippery. So that's a real life kind of, uh, anecdotal story. I, I say yes. Yeah, we should wrap this up. I guess the, um, I, I guess it's, you know, and I, I do feel bad in my heart cause I don't want any given person at Apple to think that I'm I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't feel like I'm trying to assassinate 
the company or the people who work there. Because I have just endless amounts of respect for all the people who are hardworking and smart people who, who do this stuff. Um, but there, there are really, you got us, guys. You got us. We're in. Yeah. Like, we bought the stuff. I have so much Apple stuff that, that 99.9% of the rest of the universe would look at me and think I'm a complete loon for how much costly Apple stuff I own and use and love. But there's still a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of that world population who probably looks at me and goes, oh, j'accuse. Like, you're, you're the problem. You're the one who doesn't believe in Steve's dream anymore or something. It's, it's not that. It's just that I bought in. I'm in. I use the cloud. I live in the cloud now. <laughs> but if the cloud ends up being, you know, uh, not so dependable, that has consequences. You know, if, you know, just, I got to say, man, that, that update, that 801 update, which I did not do, I mean, that was, that's bad. <laughs> that's, you know, mm-hmm. if, if anybody else did that, people would be losing their minds. But anyway, all I want to say is I believe in you guys and I love you and I love your cloud when it works. And I'm, I'm in for the long haul, but you know, I, I, no one's listening to this for my advice. I'll just say that I still love this stuff, but I'm, I'm still, because I bought in, because I'm in, because I need this to do my life, like my, my expectations are going to continue to be high. And I'm going to continue to expect that the promised execution is going to be as flawless as the presentation of what that stuff might be able to do. <clears throat> Wait, the future. The future. Did you want to tell me about something you like? Yes, I would love to tell you about uh, Fox, new- Fox Pro. I got Fox, about Microsoft it. Fox Pro. Let me tell Here's you. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with you. We're creating a database. Uh, you got data boys. No. Uh, our first sponsor today is Citrix GoToMeeting. Now, this is uh, a new sponsor for us. We're very excited to have these guys because, you know what? This show, Merlin, we're all about communication here. Yes. Would you not agree? I mean, it, it's a show oh, about no. communicating. I was being sarcastic. Yes, of course, we're all about communication. That's what we do here. We, we communicate. communicate. And good communication, as you know, is, it's critical. for you. If, you're, if you're in a business, your people trying to work with, they're not in the same office, virtual offices. Hey, so Dan, the communication does not happen easily, and it does not happen by itself. You have to work toward good communication. You know what, Reddit, they're making everyone move to, to your city there, to San Francisco, but I'm not going to do that. I want to keep working with remote people, and, and this, is, this is millions of people. No one's more remote than you, Dan. No one. Not even the rain. Is more That's such small remoteness. Yeah. Citrix I'm go to meetings. Citrix. They let you connect with remote clients and coworkers. And here's the deal. This is a time, this is what we call in the business, we call this time sensitive. If you sign up for go to meeting before October 10th, which is right around the corner, you're going to get another one of their products, Citrix, uh, product, Citrix products, free for six months. Well, what does this do? It lets you share the same screen. You're in one of those uh, meetings that you just want to get out of. You want to make it effective and productive and be done with it. You can share the same screen. Everyone's going to see it. Built-in HD video conferencing. You need a webcam. You're going to see everybody face-to-face. It's like you're right there. They don't have to go to San Francisco. That's the whole, they're going to have to run with this. I'm just an idea guy. Yes. But GoToMeeting makes it so that you don't have to go to San Francisco. <laughs> they're going to help your team work smarter from any location on any computer. This works on a tablet, works on a smartphone. Get started now. Sign up for GoToMeeting. You're going to get another Citrix tool free for six months. That's for real. GoToMeeting.com. Okay, but this whole thing ends October 10th. So that's where you go. Go to meeting.com. Check them out. Thank you very much to our friends over at Citrix for, uh, for sponsoring and supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mann. And Dan Benjamin. 
<coughs> I think I'm getting sick. You I'm know, I didn't it. want to say anything about it because <coughs> I know you've got problems, but <coughs> I haven't listened to the latest, you know, that other show that, uh, that you do. You look nice today with, uh, with Sandy. With Adam Sa- Sandler. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandberg. <laughs> Andy, Sa- Andy Sandler. <laughs> it's hard to keep them one's young, sandwich. one's old. That's you... sandwich. Sandwich video. Sandwich video. Uh, yeah, I, I got the thing. I can feel it in my throat. I what got a little bit it? of the, um, you know, <clears throat> feel a little raw. Ooh. <clears throat> Banlan Jen. My... Banlan Jen. I'm telling Ban you. Jen. Uh-uh. And there's another one. That's I got a... too much heat in my humors. Is that what it is? You've got, you don't have enough, uh, you want to get rid of your liver toxicity and you don't have mm. enough wind in your colon. I think, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I got plenty of wind in my colon, buddy. We're, let me. It's gonna, how I greet the day every day. That's like my sun salutation. Listen. I roll over on my side and I just blast one out. <laughs> and I say, Erythrace, er, the sun's done. Salutation to the sun. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like a boat coming into the harbor. Not oh in a good God. way. Maybe it's a boat leaving the harbor. You know, it's a lot like a broken cup. Let me start over. The thing about liver toxicity is, I think it's probably that and drinking lots of water is all that keeps me alive. I don't want to change too much in this middle area here. You have too much. Like, you have too much kidney chi. That, that's entirely possible. I don't need a lot of cheese. But but what, <laughs> what I can tell you is that I'm I'm like Fibber <laughs> McGee's closet. Everything's jammed in here real tight, and you don't want to open that door unless it's for comic effect. I'm looking for the <clears throat> link because I put in an order on on uh, Amazon for this stuff not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of it, but I will put it in the show notes. And I'm de- dead serious at this stuff. All right, I'll get some chang chang chang. Okay. I, I also, uh, you know, they stopped carrying my smart drug, and it's super frustrating on Amazon. What's your smart um, drug? I'm not telling you. Oh. I got to keep this to myself because I have a lot of liver toxicity and uh, windy colon. Ladies and gentlemen, windy colon. <laughs> one of the great, one of the great British pop singers of yeah. the mid '60s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone oh, I think it, knows it's windy. I'm looking for it right now. If I sound a little distracted, but I will. Yeah, I, will see, I sound I sound raw, so we should probably just start over. Let's do it. <clears throat> How's it going? Good week? Pretty good. What's going on up there, way up there? In, huge, you know, huge. Uh, um, Apple. Apple. Oh, my God. Cut all of that out. That was terrible. It's not, That's not terrible. What people, it's not what people tune in for. All right. I'll edit it out. All right. The show, uh, this show, whole show will never air. No, but this stuff, you take this stuff, it's an herb, it's, a, it's an oh, herb, in a, it's oh, like it's little, an herb. Okay. it's pellets. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to take pellets, tr- Just listen to me. You take, okay. finally, you take three uh, at a time, three times a day. It's like I, dipping dots for your liver? I'm telling you, I'm right. telling you, okay. if you take this, it will, it, okay, if you feel like you might be getting, let's say you, your, your kid comes home from school, feels like she has a cold. You start taking this stuff. If she, ha- if you feel like you're starting to take a cold, you take it. It'll get better way, way faster. And if it's just your brain that believes it, and it, you still get better faster, who cares? You're still okay. getting better faster. All right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll send, send me the link. I'm I'll order it today. I'll it. order it today. I'll order it today. Get a Sonos today. A Sonos. I'm pretty excited. Here it about is. That. I found it. I found. Chang, okay. chang. This is chitty, one of them. Chitty, chitty chitty bang bang. It's a pellet for liver toxicity. No, no. No, no. It's for wind. There Cold it is. Wind. Here it is. I found it. I found it. All right. It's Gan Mao Ling. It is Amazon Prime. It's $11.90. Gan. G-A-N-M-A-O-L-I-N-G. Three words. I'm putting this in the show. It sounds like three panda bears. 
Gan Mao Ling. Do you have allergies? Because there's one you can take for allergies. I think I'm going to start out nice and simple, Dan. All right, I'll, I'll start with a little bit, a little bit of panda pills. It's in the pellets. show notes. It's in the show notes, and mm-hmm. I'm going to put BNPN in there also, which is for sinus congestion. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hmm. How about a dream catcher and a bingo number picker? No, I don't uh, deal with any of that hokey pokey stuff. No, sir. You turn yourself around. And that's what it's all about. All right, they're both in there. <clears throat> both in all right. No, the- some A class Lu Zhang Hao Hung Shang. You want the yellow bottle? I'm literally right not now. making this up. 150 <laughs> grams of A class Lu Shang Hao Hung Shang Mao Fang Chinese Yellow Mountain Green Tea. That's not what I just put in there. Well, it's loose. No, no, no. You want the uh, you want the pills. Okay, it's not an anime comic, is it? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I'll, I'll check the, the show notes. The pills, you can get the economy size. Dan, if you can tell people in as much as you could say, where would people find show notes for 190, the episode of your Back to Work program? Where would they find that? 5by5.tv slash B as in boys, <laughs> 2 as in the number, W as in the flower, slash 190. <laughs> w as in the flower? W, flower. Huh. Oh, flower. Flower. Like off more flower than that. I'll put the economy size in there too. Yes. That's what we got. I'll do anything I can to help the economy, Dan. I'm just one man. All right. It's in there. Anyway, seriously, it's 12 bucks. You can probably find this at one of your local uh, handy stores. I'm not protesting on on, on the issue of price. I I spend lots of things to put in my body. Uh, Hmm. This, I'm telling you, this is the kind of thing, it's safe for your kids. It's guaranteed not to have the mercury or whatever the Mm. problem was that they had. That was not this company. It's a different company that had yeah, that. Yeah, that's you're just an idea man. They're gonna have to run with that. Not the one with the mercury problem. Trademark. No, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so this. What about e- colloidal silver? Should I try <clears throat> colloidal silver? You put this uh, on kung fu gripe. You put the the photo of the fifty dollar. Oh yes, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This it's is in show notes. This is important follow up, Dan. Dan. I understand that I am widely regarded as an unreliable witness. Yeah. And so I, I say a lot of stuff, <laughs> right? And I say a lot of stuff when I say stuff about a store that's never open, that's run or not run by a Korean water ghost. And you say, oh, Merlin, no way is there actually blue Toy Story boxes in, in the window. Could, could, you, could you describe to folks what you're looking yes. at? Yes. What, what is depicted here in this photo clearly... Uh, you can see, I've studied this photo, and I can see a, the reflection of a man. So I'm going to say, yes, this is, in fact, behind a window. It is a Disney Pixar Toy Story 3 Lego set, number 7596. And it, it depicted on the front, you can see Ham. Uh, and it also looks like Ham is in some kind of contraption, a pulley system, like a, he's hanging from a crane. You could probably build that. There is on on as you scroll down because it's a sideways photo, you can see uh, there's the whole um, what was this the, the, the where they're melt at the at the at the, uh, the garbage place where they're heating things up and melting the toys down. You can it's see a horrifying horrifying scene. Yeah, you can Not see the sort of thing I would want people to, to to play with. You got Lotso, you got Ham, you got Woody, you got the aliens, and it's, it looks like a relatively large box. I would guess it's three two to three feet in height. It's, it's it's a big box. It retails today. I'm, I'm, several people have told me that it's actually really expensive because I'm sure all the parts are in there. Oh yeah, it's completely you know, faded. A, all of the colors are gone. Retail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a real good sign. You know, nobody <laughs> makes sure their Lego sets are complete quite like a water ghost. <laughs> Every piece is hand checked by the ghost. Ooh, I live in the mirror. Ooh. 
Oh my God. So anyway, that's from last week's episode where we talked about The Front, which is not the Woody Allen movie with, uh, with uh, Zero Mostel, otherwise known as Inbox Zero Mostel. Um, Microsoft Fox Pro. Look at that handsome manual you put in there. That's mm-hmm. in show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, but, but you, get, you get the idea. You, 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 do, you can verify that that is something that's probably been in a window for four years. What I would like to do some uh, experiments to see how long it takes all of the colors except blue to fade out of. <laughs> Maybe it'll reveal a secret message. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Go figure. Oh, good. I'm, gl- I'm glad you saw that. That was from the Kung, the Kung Fu Gripe. Um, Batgirl comes out tomorrow. I don't really have much to say about it except I'm excited. Batgirl number 35. Everybody should go get Batgirl 35. What is special about? Uh... Yeah, it's the new Batgirl. It's the written written by. I want to fully credit everybody here. Written by Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart, with uh, art pencil and inks by Babs Tar, and she's the one who, with Cameron Stewart, designed the new Batgirl uh, outfit. She looks awesome. She looks like a, like a real like a a good. She's like a teenager, or whatever. Right? She's gonna go out and she's gonna seriously kick some butt. She's got yellow Doc Martens. It's a great look. Okay, I have a couple questions about this. I remember when the New 52 came out and Batgirl was one of the better of the New 52 series mm-hmm. that came out. Artwork was great in it. Scale Gail Simone, right? Yeah. A lot of people were a little upset because she was no longer Oracle. She was now sort of running around and she had, you know, she had been cured essentially. Retro- she Her main power is retroactive spine repair. Right. And... Is this the same Batgirl? Is it a reboot of Batgirl? What, what's the I think story? It's, uh, it's a new deal. I mean, they're not renumbering it, which is weird. Somebody at DC screwed up because that really makes sense to not mess it up. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's an Infinite Worlds thing, an Infinite Planets. There's a new one. Future, Future's End, is that their new event? <laughs> is it called Future's End? Isn't that their new, the new oh, DC event? Yeah, I think. <laughs> who, who comes up with um, these? Yeah, Future's End is what it's called. Yeah, that's catchy. That'll probably clean up a lot of loose ends. <clears throat> it's uh, an 11-month weekly limited series published by DC that began in May and is scheduled to run through March 2015. The series is set five oh. years in the new 52's future. Yeah. You know how you can tell it's good? 3D covers. Yeah. Barbara Gordon is no stranger to dusting herself off when disaster strikes, so when a fire destroys everything she owned, spoiler alert, she spots the opportunity for a new lease on life and seizes it. So it is Barbara. Anyway, it looks beautiful. And uh, in show notes, I haven't put it into show notes yet, but I got a photo to put in there. But uh, that's exciting. What else Who's is your girl going to be for uh, Halloween? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. She's, <laughs> she's oscillating and like she's leaning towards something I'm not excited about. I'm trying to get out of the way. She wants to be a Ninja Turtle, I think. The new but, ones or the old ones? I don't know. I, I just, they're, all, they're all so frustrating to me. But she's, uh, she wants to be... Um, Michelangelo, which I think is the one with the orange thing. And uh, she's oscillating between that and uh, Hermione Granger. And you can probably guess which one I was leaning yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Um, she's already got, she's got a really sweet Harry Potter robe already. Like a really, we got a really nice Harry Potter, you know, style robe, a Gryffindor robe. They're unisex. Um, but uh, yeah, so what about, uh, what about your kids? Uh, well, this is, you know, we've been talking about Star Wars. A lot as we've oh of course you sent me a photo i apologize yeah, i know no, but tell, i know tell, you tell, know. Tell, the, tell the audience it's a great photo uh well so cash who's six and a half has gotten very into star wars as mentioned in previous episodes through the gateway drug known as uh lego star wars on his ipad that game uh, 
made him get interested in these great movies. So, of course, you know, there's this whole debate of the order. So uh, there's there's are you familiar with this? The the machete order? Yes. Of, of Star Wars. Okay, I had to look it up after. The machete order is, I, I, I happen to think, if you were going to start somebody from zero, which is very difficult to do, it's the recommended viewing of the quote-unquote six Star Wars movies, the order to watch them in, because oh, where do you start? There's a lot of problems. One of the problems is that, like, there's a, you know, really big spoiler if you start with number one. Right. I mean, the way that there is, re- the, the, the original two options would be release order, which is the order that they came out. So this four, five, would, six, four, five, six, one, two, three. Right. So this would recreate what we, as people in our in, in our forties, or you know, if if you went to the movie theater and saw them, or you saw the first three before the second set came out, you've experienced them in this order. Which is it it and and the way that I view all of this really, and I think what the machete order guy who wrote this. Um, suggests is that this is Luke Skywalker's story. This is not Anakin's story. This is Luke Skywalker's story. So there's background on, you know, there's Luke Skywalker's direct story, and then there's background as how we got to Luke. So that's how I think those of us from our generation Mm -hmm. see it. Then there's episode order, which is the way that George Lucas would want you to watch, which starts with one and goes all the way up. But like you just said, that ruins the... The, the whole thing, like that's the, you're ruining the movie. So they came out with, uh, and I, I don't know, we don't even need to spoil it here, but uh, there's this alternative suggestion, mm-hmm. which is to, um, the, there is a surprise that happens in these movies and this would preserve the surprise. And also it helps you start with the one that most of us started with, which, which is, is four. Which is four. So they're saying watch four, <laughs> five, one, nope. two, three, Nope. And that, but the, oh, well, you're saying nope because that's the alternative suggestion. Then they get to machete order, which says, oh, don't sorry. show them one at all. <laughs> one Four, five, sucks. two, three, six. Yeah, sorry five, two, yeah. three, six. Don't even show them one because one is just abysmal. But if your kid <sighs> is introduced to Star Wars through the Lego uh, game, then they're going to want to see one because they want to see C3PO uh, getting built. They want, and there is one good scene in this movie. Oh, you mean the uh, the races? I don't even like the races scene. The one good scene is you get to see R2 doing his job, doing the job that he was originally built and designed to do, which is not roaming around the desert. To be C-3PO's beard. It's not to be C-3PO's beard. It's to fix problems on the ship when they happen. And you get to see him and three or four other R2 units go out onto the, no spoiler alerts here, Uh-oh. go out onto the, the surface of a ship in space with no deflector shields on and f- fix the deflector shield and save the ship. Dan, it's, it's an, always a delight to watch anybody who's great at their job. He's, he's doing his it. job. He has no fear. He goes out he, there. He stands he there. Him. He watches his fellow R2 units one by one get picked off. Does he run back inside? No, he saves the ship. He saves the day. Without him, we would have no other movies in this movie. So the whole movie is made by that one scene of R2 fixing the ship. And if you show your kids only one scene in that whole movie, that's a good scene to show them. Yeah. And so did you go... Machete order. Did you go with that for for cash? Yeah, we went with the machete order. However, he did... We did leave the alternative 
pre-machete. So it's not really machete order. It's the alternative suggestion order that's well, talked you know, about. It's a, it's a kid's movie. I mean, that's... that's Charge. Uh, it might have been... Oh, God. It might have been Syracuse that said this, but, um, you know, it... I don't know. Probably not. I don't want to get him involved. <laughs> but, you know, it helps to understand that those three movies were kind of meant to be kids, kids' movies. Yeah. I think the third one is pretty good. Oh, it's real good. The second one's rough. I'm going to add uh, the Flophouse uh, treatment of... Uh, uh, what's, the, what's it called? Uh, uh, Secrets, Secrets of the Clone Men? What's the, what's the second <laughs> one called? I don't, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what the names of any of them are other than yeah. the main first three. Um, that's good. And so, and so, in, in, in some, he has decided to be. He has decided to be Darth Vader. Good for him. And that, I that's said, a classic. That's that's the new clown. I said, do you? I said, do you want to be? Do you want to be Luke? And he's like, well, let's look at the costume. So we had to look because for him, all of this meant he was going to get a lightsaber. Like he didn't. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to get the and and so he's like, do you, Luke, Luke looks like he's going to a spa. Yeah, it, Luke is wearing a strange tunic. It's not a good outfit. And then I said, well, you know, like you could be Vader. He's like, they make Darth Vader costumes. I'm like, yeah, of course they do. So that's where we went, and he got a Vader costume. And uh, little MJ uh, wanted to be uh, Ariel from uh, the Little Mermaid, and was able to. Go. We found a second costume that wasn't scratchy, like the first one was. And uh, nobody, so, nobody likes the itchy mermaid, right? But uh, Cash was generous enough to give her the little tiny lightsaber that he won uh, at Chuck E. Cheese, so that they could have lightsaber battles with his giant. That's so sweet. Yeah, that's the picture that I sent you. They have lightsaber contests at Chuck E. Cheese. No, the no no contest. They you you basically dump a whole bunch of coins into the machines, and you'd get tickets out. And if you get enough tickets, you can get a little lightsaber. That's <laughs> like it's like gambling, gambling, basically. Yeah, but it's the worst kind of gambling. That place is miserable. Oh God, it's cold and flu season, so we can't go till next summer. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, that sounds. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds good. Um. Yeah, those are those are good movies. I like the third one. I think <clears throat> I'm getting sick. The, oh um, my gosh, the you got to get this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, I all, it looks it all looks like it's I don't know. Are these real companies that make these? Yeah, if it doesn't work, I'll buy you the remainder from you. It doesn't discount. help me if I'm dead, Dan. I need my, I need my liver toxicity to be intact. You won't be dead. I don't want to upset my cheese. No. Mm. Um, it's an exciting time in technology and Star Wars. Uh, oh God, I think I'm out of it. I can need more coffee. Oh, here's the other thing. <clears throat> Tomorrow night, if you're in San Francisco, please consider uh, coming out to see Three Ring Binder, which is uh, Scott Simpson and me. Uh, it's a comedy thing we do once a month at uh, uh, Last Weekend Video in the Mission. Awesome. And there's a link in show notes. Uh, there's still some tickets available for that. It's fun. It's in a basement and, uh, and, and we do comedy in front of a fake brick wall, as you do. But it's really fun. It's, it's, it's a, I, I, think, uh, I think it's good. I, I wasn't so sure about the first couple times we did it, but I, I think it's we found our stride. I think it's odd, but you're not you're not live streaming it, are you? <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. we'd like it to turn into a thing if it can turn into a thing. But the main thing is, you know, we just show up and uh, and do a, do a thing once a month, and it's it's I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, Three Ring Binder <clears throat> at Lost Weekend Video. You can get tickets at uh, Eventbrite. They're on the uh, internet. And I think that was all of my uh, follow up. We don't have time for a big topic. We have a second so, sponsor. 
<clears throat> Would you like to tell me about it? I would love to tell you about it. It's one you may have heard of. It's a, it's a, a little company called Squarespace, a little company that could. And uh, it's the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, online store, you name it. They let you do it. Simple and easy to do it. They've got amazing designs. They're always coming out with new ones so that you can do what Merlin does and come up with a site. And then after a few months, I'm tired of the way this looks. I want to change the way this looks. All you have to do is go in and pick a different template. Boom, brand new design. All your content looks brand new. You can completely customize this by just moving little sliders, picking little, uh, you know, change the color in there. Go change the color in there. You can change it so that even if Merlin and I have picked the same template for our two websites, they're going to look completely different through these simple customizations that don't require any HTML or CSS. I mean, if you want to do that, you can. Plans are going to start at eight bucks a month. They're going to include a free domain name, which I, I suggest you you take advantage of this. If you sign up for a year, you know you're going to use it for a year. Sign up for a year, you get the free domain name. They have built-in e-commerce stuff. So you start your own online store. They are the go-to place for this now. They're the, they have the best online store experience. You tie it into Stripe, Authorize.net, PayPal, whatever nonsense you want to use to take people's money for this awesome stuff that you're making, you can use that. If you're a musician, they've got a built-in thing for your albums. If you're a podcaster, they can uh, host your podcast. It's like, it's, it's everything. So use the code. There's a special code that you can use for this show, which is it's your show. Uh-huh. All one word. It's your show. All spelled out. Or you can go to squarespace.com slash back to work. That's where you go to get your 10% off. We thank Squarespace for their support of back to work with Merlin Mann. Mm-hmm. And uh, a better uh, web starts with your website, Merlin. So go there and <clears throat> make a new site. You're, you're, you're losing it, man. I'm, I'm literally getting sick on the air. Here's the thing about Squarespace, because I didn't want to interrupt you with my coughing. <laughs> <I've> been, <clears throat> you, do, that, you sound terrible now. <clears throat> I'm doing fine. Oh, I just need to have a lozenge. Um, here's the thing about Squarespace. You know what? I'm sorry. You already did this. But I just want people to understand. I want to periodically remind everybody that even if you don't think Squarespace is for you, they didn't tell us to say this. If you don't think it's for you, make sure because it might be for somebody that you know. Like it is so easy to use and all of the different activities are so abstracted. If you want to go in and just deal with design, you can deal with design stuff in this really easy interface that doesn't touch your content or screw it up in any way. That's really important for people who aren't you for the people who aren't brilliant at content management already, remember how simple this is to use. If you want to just go in and, and make a blog post or a podcast or, or add a calendar event or whatever, it's so easy to go in and do that without, upset, without upsetting any other apples on the cart. It's, it's so great. I just want to say, I mean, I actually do use it and love it. So thank you to Squarespace. Thank you very much, Squarespace. Squarespace.com <laughs> slash back to work. I mangled that one. What a terrible show, Dan. But it's a great <clears throat> show. You do a great, you do a great job. I should probably get some water. I am a um, little, little. I would say fifty percent concerned right now that something. Why? Is, What's the worst thing that happened? I get a cold and I, I get better. I'll well, be if fine. If it's a cold, you'll be fine. But if what if it's something else? It won't be RHS. RHS is that the Royal Health System? <laughs> is that where you get those funny Morrissey glasses? What are you talking about? I think there's this thing called RHS. I think you. I think you think too much. I think you look at the internet too much and you think too much. That's your problem. You got a thinker's problem. Is what you got? I got a cough. I'm fine. <laughs> <clears throat> I got a haircut. Reactive hemophagocytic syndrome in adult onset. That sounds like something Ramsey Hunt. No one has Ram- Ramsey Hudson. <laughs> I'm gonna say I just I knew someone that had RHS. 
Chuck Garabedian disease. Okay. Uh, I got a haircut. Made my, made my daughter cry. Why? What happened? Because sometimes when you see somebody with a different haircut and you weren't expecting it and they're a parent, you cry. <gasps> what, what, cha- what changed? How long oh, was I, it? I went, I went deep. I went, I went deep, deep, deep. <laughs> I went deep. I, I told her I kept going. I said, Judy, keep going. Keep going. Two on the sides, four on top. Boom. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I look like, um, I look like Sid Barrett. Like, no, not the handsome one. Tyler Durden. <sighs> Jesus. I guess I should watch that again. Oh, it holds up. It holds up. <sighs> it's being totally overrated, you mean? No, was a, that was a good uh, movie. <laughs> David Fincher. Did you see that collection of David Fincher uh, stuff? The, the guy? Yeah. Oh, wow. That guy's good. Those, those little things are good. His one for, uh, for Edgar Wright is uh, really, really, really good. What's the guy's name? Uh, David, David on Movies, Every Painting a Painting. What's it called? Picture Paintings? Picture Pages? What's it called? It's called Every Frame a Painting. Every frame is that right? a painting. And he mansplains movies in a way that's really interesting. Uh, his one on Edgar Wright is fantastic. Like why it is that Edgar Wright gets like f- what you can do with physical comedy in cinema, in a frame, in mm. a way that most people don't. It's really, really good. Edgar Wright, love that guy. You ever seen that Scott Pilgrim movie? It's good. No, I have not. I have not. I've not seen it. All of this stuff is great. All of this stuff is great. All the great stuff. All the great shows. You got your Shaun of the Dead. You got your, uh, what is it, Cop City? About the English cops. What's it called? Uh, Hot Fuzz. That's really good. You got The World's End. You got Scott Pilgrim. You got him almost doing Ant-Man. Didn't work out. Birdman. Birdman. Chris uh, Hardwick on the internet was just saying that how good he thought that movie is. Oh, it's, it's already out? Well, yeah, I guess if you're Chris Hardwick, you get oh, some yeah. kind of time machine where you get to go to stuff. <laughs> he's a busy guy. He does a lot of stuff. You're, you're pretty good friends with him, right? Just a little, yeah. Not, I mean, he's he's gotten he's gotten way more famous now, so he probably doesn't remember me. But he's 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 a an uncommonly nice man, and like ridiculously down to earth, nice person. Um, all the great shows, <laughs> all the great shows. It's so good. It's I listened to it like three more times since last week. It's so Thanks. good. That was a popular episode. I mean. Probably because it's where, where you uh, you and John met. That's probably what made it popular. I doubt that. Mm, I don't know. People love synergy. But it's like anchovies. You don't want to discover them by accident. Um, so you want to button it up or do you want to, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? I mean, I wanted to talk about keyboards, but we can end the show, whatever you, I mean, it's your oh, show. Oh, can, you, can you pause while I go to the bathroom? No, no, we can just end it. Let's end it. I feel like this no, no, is a no. natural, it's an hour and 20 no, minutes. No, if you stick with me for another like 20 minutes, you're going to hear me get really, really sick. We should no, stick with it. No, no, I want, I want you to go get better. Let's, we'll talk I'm not going to get better. Tonight. I got stuff to do. I don't have time to get better. I haven't got time for the pain. <laughs> oh my God. I'm doing fine. We got a Mac Pro. Oh, right. I saw that. Mm. You're selling off everything you own. Yes. You got a new Mac Pro on a glass table. Yeah. It's Do you really follow me on Twitter or something? This is getting weird. I check in on your Twitter sometimes, for sure. Oh, my God. Um, it's um, it's real shiny. Yeah, we can talk about that. I don't we really f- follow anybody on Twitter. I, I, have, I have so many filters, I don't really see much of anything. But I sometimes periodically go into the app and I see everybody. A lot of sports are happening. Are you aware of that? Yeah, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of sports. I only really follow football and um, I'm a, sort of a fair weather Phillies fan. Right, right. We listened uh, to some of that 18-inning baseball game the other day. That oh, was yeah. pretty crazy. It was an 18-inning baseball game. The San Francisco uh, Giant Ballers mm-hmm. uh, were playing against uh, the, the like National. I if you watched football with me, you would get into it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you would. 
I don't think it's going to happen, but no. if it, if it did happen, I'll bet I would be way into it. I would get the Jersey and the obesity and, uh, the inflated sense of worth yeah. and the regionalism mm-hmm. and the domestic beer. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah, sure. I would do that. Hey, sports ball. You like that? Like yeah. that effect I just did? That was good. What do you think of the new mic? You enjoying it? I love, this is the best you've ever sounded this week. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> On that note, let's button it up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 